This is Beta Cell, a show about people living with type 1 diabetes. I'm Craig Steubing. It's that time of year during November and December when we think about everything we're thankful for. We look back on the year and see the glass half full. And there's even research that shows that a grateful person has a boosted immune system, less stress, sleeps better, and is less depressed. All good things. And yes, type 1 diabetes is awful, and it can be very hard to see the bright side. But there are things we can be grateful for. The discovery of insulin that allows us to live, blood sugar monitors, CGMs, and insulin pumps that improve our quality of life, even access to a community of people who understand what we're going through. But these are not universal. People in the United States still struggle to afford insulin. People around the world can't afford test strips or even have the option of getting an insulin pump. Health insurance often feels like a deal with the devil, one where the terms always seem to be changing without your control. And just living with type 1 diabetes is always complicated, often scary, and sometimes dangerous. So on today's episode, we're focusing on the things we're unthankful for. Not because we're pessimists, but because it's important to remember what living with diabetes is really like for many people. We asked you to submit your unthankful stories, and a big thank you to everyone who did. We could not have done this without you. We've broken them up by topic. First up, we have a few of the complications of living with type 1. Hi, this is Eric from Texas, aka Chronic Superhuman. And unthank you, diabetes, for adding insult to injury. Like the time in Atlanta when I got a stomach virus and couldn't keep anything down and was on a business trip. So nobody was with me, but you. And I was left in that hotel room clinging to a toilet, ultimately having to call 911 just because I couldn't keep anything into my system um, to make sure that my blood sugar didn't go low And unthank you for those times that you make me pass out when I have stomach viruses. Unthank you for making things more difficult for me. I really appreciated that time in the emergency room and throwing up in the waiting room because nobody would come to help me because they thought that I just was slightly sick and didn't understand the complication that not being able to keep food down could present for a diabetic. So, unthank you, diabetes. Hi, my name is Erin, and I'm from Riverside, California. So, my daughter was born about a year ago, and in the weeks leading up to her delivery and the weeks after, my insulin needs changed dramatically. I went from needing two units of basal insulin an hour to not needing any at all and to needing maybe, uh, I don't know, a quarter of a unit an hour. So one day when she was a few weeks old, we were home alone and I don't remember why I had been messing with the different profiles on my insulin pump, but I selected what is called my normal profile, not realizing that it was still set from what my normal was when I was 39 weeks pregnant, which was getting about two units an hour of basal insulin. I was thinking it was my new normal, which was at least a quarter of that. So we took a morning nap, slept for a few hours, and I got up 
picked up the baby and I remember feeling like I was just going to drop her. She was just going to fall through my arms because my arms felt like rubber. I just got that immediate low feeling. Um, I don't think I was wearing a CGM at the time or maybe I dropped so fast. I didn't get an alert, but I don't remember any specific numbers, but I sat on the bed, set the baby down and just started chugging the juice boxes that I keep on my nightstand. And it was just a very sobering moment to realize that not only does my diabetes impact my ability to take care of myself, but it has the potential to also impact my ability to take care of my daughter. And all I could think of was what if I had dropped her and passed out and it took hours for someone to find me or maybe realize something was wrong and even get the uh, inkling to come check on us. So it was just a really shitty moment and I think about it all the time and I do everything I can to prevent that. But the thing with diabetes is sometimes things aren't predictable. Sometimes things aren't preventable and it could just be the smallest human error that causes a situation like that to arise. And for that, I am unthankful. Hi, my name is Hallie and I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. And this is the time where I was definitely unthankful for diabetes. Um, so my family, I, I had recently had a stomach bug, but I had gone over it. My family was going on vacation um, and we were stopping in Atlanta to visit my cousins who we don't get to see very much. And I was about 12. I think I was about a year into my diagnosis at this point. I had been at my cousin's house for a while and my parents were going to go out and the cousins and I, my sisters and I, we were just going to stay at their house and hang out and goof around and stuff while they just went out to eat and such. And of course, that night we had decided to get pizza. So I hadn't really figured out the whole pizza dosing yet. And I actually, uh, I took a great deal of insulin. I was still on shots and all of a sudden we were playing upstairs and I started to feel low, but I felt super guilty because my parents were out and I was afraid I was going to get in trouble, which is always a dumb thing to think when your blood sugar is low. Um, instead of telling anybody my blood sugar was low, I just started crawling down the steps because I didn't want anybody to feel bad or <clears throat> to get in trouble at all. And so I started crawling down the steps when my blood sugar was 43 and I still had a lot of insulin on board. So I started drinking juice and my cousins had to call my parents and they were like, um, okay, so like get juice and like pour sugar packets in and just make her start chugging it. And like, I had eaten a ton of pizza too, because like, you know, I was a kid and I wanted all the pizza. And so I had eaten a bunch of pizza and I was so full and I just kept, I had kept drinking this juice. Like what we weren't sure if my blood sugar was coming up. My parents had started booking it back to my cousin's house and then, like, the second that my parents got home, I puked in the toilet because I had had so much sugar. And um, my parents were still, like, freaking out. They're like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to go to the hospital in Atlanta. Um, thankfully, we didn't. But that definitely did put a damper on things for the rest of the evening and visiting my cousins. Um, so, yeah, that's one of my unthankful for diabetes moments, for sure. 
That was Eric, Aaron, and Hallie with their unthankful stories. We know that living with type 1 diabetes is really complicated, but the one place we think we'd be safe is with our doctors and nurses. They spend years studying the human body, so we assume that they would understand type 1 much better than we do. Well, sometimes they don't. Hi, my name is Gian, and I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and currently reside in West Tennessee. I was diagnosed five weeks before I graduated college, and after just some routine labs that were drawn at the health clinic on campus, I was told that my blood sugar was 504, and I needed to go to the ER. And so I went to the ER, got diagnosed, was in the ICU for a night. The next morning, woke up, and I guess it was probably early morning maybe. It might have been mid-morning. That That's a blur for me. But a doctor came in and basically assumed that I had had type 1 diabetes for a really long time and that I went into DKA, DKA because it was my own fault. She never once asked for my story. She just assumed that because I was 23, almost 24, that I did this to myself. She was very rude and insensitive. And especially after just a day or two of heightened emotions and also me having a blood sugar of 500 and slowly coming down, I think I cried. And I think my mom cried as well just because she had no right to come in there and tell us and tell me that it was my fault. Let me start off by saying I got wonderful care from my doctors while I was pregnant, but while my most thankful moment was delivering my daughter successfully, happy and healthy, my time in the hospital after my delivery was definitely my unthankful moment with diabetes. All I wanted was blue cheese dressing on my salad and they would not give it to me because I was on the diabetic meal plan and that one was high fat. So after being pregnant for nine months and not having any blue cheese, they would not let me have blue cheese dressing because I was diabetic. I'm pretty sure the meal plan is made for type 2 patients, but I don't know why type 2 diabetics can't have blue cheese dressing either. So uh, definitely an interesting experience being a type 1 in the hospital for a week. I'm a photographer, predominantly landscape and minimalism, and I'm pretty aware of the environment and our impact on it and doing the best I can to minimize that in my own way. So when I was told by a diabetic nurse that I exercise too much, I don't eat enough carbs, and I'll eventually end up spiraling out of control, I didn't get as upset at her ignorant assessment of my life after meeting me for a whole five minutes until she said the following, it's terrible, my choice of insulin pen for the environment. I need to be way more conscious of that. I had to sit there listening to her spout off about how wasteful they are and how I should be thinking more about that and make my choices accordingly, along with a host of other thoughts on how I should be living my life. After being diagnosed about two years ago with type 1, I've been hyper aware of the terrible waste I add to the environment. I do my best to try to make up for it. So I'm super unthankful for unsolicited opinions on a life people know nothing about, especially under the guise of being a medical professional. Hi, my name is Lauren. I had a really bad experience uh, when I was changing over doctors. When I turned 26, I had to change from my very first endocrinologist 
And I basically picked the first person that I saw online who was close to me. And this was a uh, pretty notable institution. So I thought, you know, what could go wrong? So when I walked in there, she started asking me about how many times I checked my blood sugar uh, with my my meter. And I told her I'd check it twice a day because at the time I had a Dexcom G5, which you only had to calibrate it twice a day. So basically that was, you know, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And my Dexcom was checking my blood sugar every five minutes for the rest of the day. So she pretty much immediately scolded me for not checking my blood sugar more often. And I basically found myself explaining what a Dexcom was to her more than once. And then I finally just pulled up the Clarity app that you give to your doctors. And I said, hey, you know, if you go to this website, look at the graphs and things on there, it's going to show you a summary of the last three months of my life where you can see every five minutes of blood sugar that I've had in the last 90 days. And so she basically pulls up the Dexcom Clarity and she goes in her back room for a little while and she comes back with about like a handful, like about 30 printed pages where she printed my blood sugar data for every single day for 30 days and then was telling me that she's actually printing all 90 days in the back room, but she's going to look over this current 30 days. And so I basically realized that that was completely ridiculous for her to be doing and also a complete waste of paper. So being the environmentalist that I am, I took the liberty of going into her back room and actually stopping their printer and saying, no, this isn't the right way to do it. Like, there's a better way. And let me show you how. And so I proceeded to explain to her how to read the summary chart that was going over the past three months of data instead of reading every single day for the last 90 days. And she basically refused to do that, read only one day of blood sugar readings, scolded me on a really bad day that I had had and told me that I was being like basically a terrible diabetic based on one day in my life. I basically just left. I kind of just walked out on her, stormed out, and I was so upset about it that uh, I had to call my mom and vent to her for about probably hours after that. (laughs) But anyway, that was a really bad experience. I learned to vet my doctors to uh, get some information on them before going to them, asking for references. And Now I have a great endocrinologist who um, actually knows what a Dexcom is, knows what a pump is, um, and I've had a really great experience since then, but very ungrateful for that first experience. Thank you, Jeanne, Anastasia, Bryce, and Lauren for sharing those stories. Whether you take shots or use a pump, test your fingers or have a CGM, we all have to deal with the health system to get it. You can't just walk into a pharmacy and pick up an Omnipod and vial of Humalog off the shelf. I think Andrea sums it up pretty well here. I'm unthankful for insurance companies gouging money from people who have no choice but to use their medications. We need insulin to survive, and we want devices that lessen the burden of living with this disease. 
But we're the ones constantly on the phone trying to get insurance to cover what we need and then trying to figure out why they won't pay for it. I'm pretty sure we've all had bad experiences like the ones from these listeners. Hey guys, it's Christy from New Jersey. I am so happy that Betacell is putting together this episode because I have been wanting to vent about my latest diabetes insurance mishap. I'm actually going to London next week, which I'm very excited about. Um, My pods are dwindling, so usually when I get to the next box, I like to refill them. About a week ago, I initially called for a refill, never heard anything back, was told they'd be coming to me, followed up two days ago and was told, oh, we don't see that order. We'll put it in though. Got called a couple hours later that it's too early for a refill and I'm not due for any until December 13th, I believe. The pods I have left now probably will get me through to December 9th. So somewhere along the past three months, I must have had a bad pod, had an error and not called Omnipod to replace it because, you know, life happens. And the insurance is extremely stingy about making sure that you use everything up until the last minute and will not get any supplies a minute before you're due, which overall isn't best practice because, you know, it's good to be prepared, but especially isn't good when you are going overseas. Um, I called my doctor to see if she could do an insurance override. My doctor then called uh, into the pharmacy for a refill on the dash, which I'm not using. Um, love my doctor. I think it was, you know, she just didn't know that I'm not on the dash system. So corrected that and was told that basically the insurance is not going to do the override. But my doctor, love her, she reached out to the Omnipod local rep who reached out to me and advised I could ask for a courtesy box. I called for that and they said they would be sending me a box with a whopping two extra pods. If they don't last, then I need to call again and order more. When I heard courtesy box, I figured that meant a full box, but I guess not. It's frustrating because it's smart to not wait until you are down to your last pod to get your delivery of your next shipment because things happen and pods take overnight in an emergency to get sent out and they are the things that are delivering our insulin. So just another frustrating part of having type 1 is more than just the disease but the navigating the convoluted system of insurance companies and what they want to pay for and what they consider reasonable. So I am happy to have gotten that off my chest and I hope that you all have a lovely Thanksgiving. Hi, I'm Paul from Los Angeles, California. This all happened about a couple of years ago when an employer I was working with had um, the HR department tell everyone that they were switching insurance carriers. So a couple weeks before the switch, I made sure to contact Medtronic to make sure that I could get some new infusion sets and some new reservoirs before the change came into place. A couple weeks went by, I called them up, and I had to let them know over the phone that the insurance carrier changes next week. And this was the week before. 
They said the order was ready to ship, and I thought, okay, great. I should have it by the beginning of the week. Everything should be fine. Turns out they did not ship my order. In fact, it stayed in the warehouse over the weekend until Monday. They shipped my order on Monday. They did not check to see if insurance was cleared for that particular order, and they went ahead and shipped it out. The previous insurance company was billed and was denied, of course. The new insurance carrier had no knowledge of this order needing to be placed. So that neither went to the deductible of the new insurance carrier, nor was it covered by the previous insurance. And so I was left with the full 100% retail value of that shipment, including shipping. So I called up customer service and Medtronic had one solution for me. And that solution was a payment plan. That payment plan, I fought. I fought that because I thought Medtronic was at fault for this, that they did not ship my order when it was approved. I had let them know that the insurance carrier was changing. And I fought it until that bill became delinquent. That delinquent bill eventually ended up in collections. And long story short, to this day, on an order that I am no longer using, on a product I am no longer using, from an employer I am no longer employed with, I'm still making payments from a delinquent bill, all because Medtronic customer service messed up on my order and they messed up on my solution. So I'm ungrateful to Medtronic. I refuse to work with that company ever again. For about, I want to say five months, um, I would go to pick up my prescription from Walgreens and my um, doctor had prescribed me about four bottles for my supply. And every time I went to get my prescription... The pharmacist was like, yeah, we don't think you need that much insulin, so we're just going to give you one bottle. And if I fought them on it, then they would give me two bottles. And so I was having to, like, ration my insulin because they weren't giving me what I was prescribed. And every time I would go back, it's like, oh, we can't give you more because the insurance won't cover it but they hadn't give me, given me my full prescription. And so it became this whole battle and the pharmacy was just so rude. Luckily at the time though, my parents lived only like 20 minutes away. So I was able to um, borrow some insulin from my dad if I really, really needed it. And finally my mom and I went in and we spoke to like the head pharmacist who luckily was in that day because like my refill was ready and I knew they were going to fight me on it. I knew I needed backup. And so my mom and I went in and we're like, look, your staff has been inc- incredibly rude. They won't fill my prescription. They've told me numerous times they just don't believe that I need as much insulin as I've been prescribed. And she was appalled. She felt so bad. So it ended up being very fine. And I got all my insulin 
I never saw the texts that were rude to me again, so I don't know what happened, but um, that was probably one of the worst experiences I've had with trying to get insulin. It's not just the big issues that we can be unthankful for, but the little ones too. The small things that still find a way to derail your day every day. Abby and James know exactly what I'm talking about. This is Abby Brow, and I am unthankful for my Omnipod erroring out in the middle of my Ironman race, which resulted in me having to take a shot of Humalog in a porta potty. And then when I finally got to a new pod, having to sit and wait for it to prime before I could put it on, watching everybody ride quickly by me on the side of the road. Oh, and also correcting for the high that inevitably followed while knowing I still had hours and hours of exercise to do. Unthankful for pod failures. I'm unthankful for being stuck at the office because I'm waiting for my blood sugars to come up before I can ride my bike home. But I'm thankful for Beta Cell Podcast for keeping me entertained while I wait. That's it for our very first unthankful episode. A huge thank you to Eric, Aaron, Hallie, Gian, Anastasia, Bryce, Lauren, Andrea, Christy, Paul, Hannah, Abby, and James. I'm not kidding when I say that we could not have done this episode without you. We are very thankful for you, our listeners. This podcast would not be possible without the generous support of our fan club members. If you'd like to join and help sustain the show, we have an entire other podcast available just for you to listen to. You can find out more at betacellpodcast.com forward slash fan club or click the fan club link on our website. Betacell is produced, recorded, and edited by me, Craig Steubing. Our theme music is by Purple Glitter. We will see you next year. This episode of Beta Cell is brought to you by Companion Medical, makers of the InPen Smart Insulin Pen. I haven't used the InPen myself, so I called up my friend Ella to get her opinion. I love how InPen keeps track of my insulin doses. It logs what time I take my insulin, how many units I take, and then it also keeps track of how much insulin I have left on board. Uh, it's really made my diabetes management so much easier. For more info, visit companionmedical.com.